Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our LGBT Wellness Roundup, which is our last roundup of 2021. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out the roundup in written format, which includes all the links to the stories we're about to discuss. Let's go to our first one of the week, ending 2021 on a high note. As the year comes to a close and many of us are going to be gathering with our families or families of choice to observe holidays or just catch up after a difficult year, don't forget that many LGBT folks may still be hesitant to receive a COVID-19 vaccine or face barriers to doing so. They may uh, wrongfully believe, for example, that COVID-19 vaccines interfere with HIV treatment or hormone therapy, which they do not. And you can help combat misinformation in the community and protect those you care about by getting vaccinated and getting a booster shot if it's time for you to do so. If you want um, resources, I would encourage you to go to the link I just uh, mentioned, blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where I have some links included in this story. Um, And if you're looking for LGBT-specific resources, either related to COVID-19 vaccine or anything else that's going on, including some of the the stress and discomfort that can come um, at the end of the year for many people, especially those in our community, don't forget that we have a center directory at lgbtcenters.org where you can find local resources to support you. Just make sure whatever you do, you take care of yourself, take care of those that you care about, and uh, we will see you back in 2022, of course, after we wrap up the rest of this week's edition of The Roundup. Next up, addressing abusive online conduct. Health leaders reported on an effort by the organization Building Healthier Online Communities to address discrimination, insults, and generally hateful and hurtful language in online dating and sex apps for the LGBT community. The organization has heard from thousands of users of such apps about their experiences through things like surveys and focus groups. And many um, people who use these applications and websites note the stresses that come with being shamed or excluded for factors such as their race, perceived gender expression, HIV status, weight, and more. I think it's important to note that everyone, of course, has their preferences with whom they're attracted to, looking for in a partner, but uh, this is really looking at the kind of abusive and hurtful language that people use um, to describe what they're looking for or to comment negatively on other people. So definitely an interesting and important topic. The users provided, uh, provided suggestions for what they thought might be potential solutions to this challenge. Um, some of the common ones that they heard were making sure that everyone can block um, people who are using abusive language. Um, sometimes blocking others is, is limited to kind of premium paid subscribers to these applications, which means that people who aren't paying for the application can't block people even when they are acting um, inappropriately or harmfully. Another suggestion was having more privacy options for sensitive information, such as HIV status, um, about which people may face um, stigma and discrimination. So definitely, um, I think a very interesting report, and it will be great to see um, what positive results might come from this. Next up, a related story, homophobic language explored. The University of Houston shared research exploring why heterosexual men sometimes use anti-gay language among other uh, or against other straight men. 
the study randomly assigned um, male college students um, saying that they either had a gender role that was average male or average female range. And those who had been randomly assigned and told that they had a more female um, gender role to them um, were more likely to lash out against men in hypothetical stories um, that they were given, which de uh, depicted men as bucking traditional male gender roles. In other words, those who felt their male identity threatened by being labeled as having a more feminine uh, identity themselves then seemed to um, try to protect their male status and defend their masculinity by lashing out against others as not being sufficiently masculine. Very interesting um, way to look at the issue and to, um, to see that when people feel that their own uh, gender is kind of being threatened, that they, they may be more likely to use this kind of negative and harmful language, um, which of course perpetuates homophobic and sexist attitudes. And now our next story, Hormone Access Boosts Trans Youth Mental Health. NBC News reported on new research linking access to hormone therapy among transgender teens and young adults to lower risk levels for suicidality and depression. This is according to a large survey that involved thousands of youth. For those under the age of 18, having access to hormone therapy was associated with a dramatic 40% drop in their odds of having recent depression or a past year attempt at suicide. While the positive side effects of access to this treatment is encouraging, the results are also concerning in that uh, this is coming at a time when many states are making it difficult or impossible for youth to access hormone therapy. And that's especially true for youth under the age of 18, who seem to kind of be um, most uh, in line to benefit from the mental health effects of this treatment. Now our next story, food insecurity prominent among trans folks. A new study found that transgender people were three times more likely than their cisgender peers to experience food insecurity during the COVID-19 pandemic, a problem that was especially prominent among transgender people of color and low-income trans people. In addition to problems regarding affordability of food, which could relate to issues such as lower um, employment and less income, which is a story we just discussed on last week's roundup, Trans people were also more likely to, um, than their cisgender peers to have barriers other than affordability and cost. For example, not being able to get out of their house during the COVID-19 pandemic or not feeling safe doing so. And in our final story of the week and also of the year, LGBT adults top 20 million. The Hill reported on new research estimating that at least 20 million American adults identify as LGBT, representing about 8% of the total adult population. This number includes 4% of adults who identify as bisexual, 3% who identify as gay or lesbian, and a smaller but growing number um, who identify as trans, which um, according to this study, there are at least 2 million adults who identify that way. The analysis was made possible by new census data, which until recently has not identified sexual orientation or gender identity, which has made population estimates very challenging. We also you know, have a lot of data around us on youth, and um, in many places, the, the number of youth who identify this way is well above 8%. So um, that suggests to me that this number is going to keep on growing every year as youth who have grown up in a more accepting environment, generally speaking, um, are aging into this adult population. Um, that, that's going to bring our overall number of LGBT folks up. So um, it's, it's good to see our community growing because that means people are feeling accepted. They're feeling like they can come out. 
And as we frequently cover here on the podcast, um, that doesn't always mean that it's it's uh, safe to do so or that people are going to receive the services they need. So for those of us working to advocate for wellness in this community, um, I think this is even more motivation for us to keep going because the number of people uh, who need advocacy to have um, better access to health services and better overall well-being, that number is growing each year. And that concludes this week's edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks for tuning in all year um, to hear stories about LGBT health and wellness news. Uh, If you want to follow up on any of this week's stories or catch up on anything from 2021 or going back quite a few years now, you can head over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find um, an archive of all of our past roundups. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you have not already, and we will see you in 2022.